electoral organizing, I see it as like, I'm such a millennial, but like, you know how you have to save a Word document and make sure that you saved all your changes? I feel like that's what electoral politics is. It's saving the changes that organizers are really responsible for making. Rename the file, move it to a different folder. (laughs) Clippy wants you to save it. You're like the Clippy of American politics. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Bituation Room. That was definitely the corniest I've ever done it. I'm Francesca Fiorentini. I'm your host. Welcome to the Bituation Room Podcast Live. So good to be here. So good that you're here. I hope you're good. I hope you're masked up. I hope you are healthy. I hope you're uh, just boosting that immune system. I hope that you're not that mad at your virtual yoga teacher, even though she tells you uh, to be present too much and you're like, motherfucker, we're in a pandemic. Um, Maybe I'm the only one. Uh, We have such a good show for you tonight. We have two comedians and we have a a California State Senate contender candidate, uh, Jackie Fielder. She is a badass activist turned um, now politician perhaps but we're gonna get into it with her we're gonna talk to her all about her run and what has inspired her up until this moment thank you guys so much for rating this podcast we got some really good reviews and also thank you so much for watching the bonus episode on wednesday uh it was about 100 degrees in my apartment i was like you know what i'm gonna make my boyfriend podcast with me because that's what you do that's it you know because cats can't talk so you know and if they did like they wouldn't want to talk about cancel culture you know, they, they, they're like very Bill Maher. I feel like all cats are very reactionary. Um, anyway, so if you haven't listened to that episode, do it. Episode 37, six, six, I think it's six. It's up right now. Bonus episode with Matt Lieb. Uh, but before I, uh, talk any further, oh, before I talk any further about before talking any further, um, every week we donate, a portion of your awesome tips, which helps this show stay alive, to a different cause. This week, in honor of the Supreme Court, uh, basically ruling that employers can continue to um, pick and choose whose health coverage they want to uh, continue to fund, i.e. not women's reproductive health. Um, We are going to be supporting an organization that does grassroots reproductive work, uh, Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund, which offers financial assistance and practical support to persons seeking abortion as well as free emergency contraception, community-based comprehensive sex education, and fighting for reproductive justice in Mississippi. Uh, I don't know how many abortion clinics there are in Mississippi. Maybe someone can let me know. I'm going to go with 0.75. Donate uh, to them through us, TBR-Live on Venmo, TBR-Live on Cash App. Thank you for being here once again. And uh, may I just bring into this situation room my dear co-host and a uh, man who's having a very fun midlife crisis at all times, NATO Green. <laughs> a fun midlife crisis? What are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's like, oh my God, I'm losing hair, but also martinis, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm coping. I'm coping. <laughs> uh, Shut up. You've got a charmed ass life. I'm just, I'm just like, you know, I've got a cat and like, I know how to make five kinds of stew. So, uh-huh. 
you oh, are making oh. crepes on the regs with your, you know, twin kids and your wife. So, you know, let me let me dunk on you a little bit is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, go ahead. Bring it on. Uh, one, one, of, one of my one of the twins is reading Marks for Beginners, the graphic novel. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's actually a good place to start honestly I it's, wish a, good, it's a good place to start there and so and so my my kid and i we went through it we worked through the the strains of thought that contributed to marxism from german philosophy british economics and french utopian socialism so we talked about all three of those and now now they're on on top of it and they just turned 12 right they just turned 12 last week yeah cool so you have what one more year before they completely hate you and reject everything like French utopian Marxism or whatever you just said. Uh, I mean, is, I mean, know. it's a good year is what I'm saying. You just have this and then, and then, and then you'll what, only have crepes. How, how are you as a 13 year old? Oh, fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, not like, not like sleeping with 40 year old dudes. Sorry, the movie 13, right? Not like that crazy, not like tongue piercing, but definitely uh -huh. like way too many journals with like that just where you like just write on one page and then it goes all the way down on all the pages because you're so in love with Nathan, you know, like that, that uh -huh. kind of. <laughs> okay. that, sound, that sounds hard. Yeah, it was very, it was very hard. It was difficult. I mean, I had to do like, ugh, God, like Ace of Base choreography on talent on talent show day. I wasn't 13. I was a little bit younger. But, you know, like all that she wants came out, which mm -hmm. actually is a very, very anti-feminist anthem. BT dubs. All that she wants is another baby. What? We're just like now we're just, women are out to trap you. OK. Uh, anyway, That really that really speaks to the, the, exactly the age gap between you and me, because Ace when I was Base? 13, yeah, when I was 13, it was Run DMC's Raising Hell and Beastie Boys Licensed to Ill. That's what came out. So that's what mm -hmm. I was into. Yeah, uh, man. I mean, Ice Cube came out around the time I was 13. Mm -hmm. Whatever one of those albums was like that. I mean, oh. dude, I'm, I, no, I'm not saying that I was cool. I was like the dorky white kid who was into comic books and D&D, &D, who was being bussed into an inner city school, who tried to wear a Fila hoodie because it was in the LL Cool J video and couldn't pull it off. I was that did, guy. Did you, get, did you get beat up because of it? Oh, I got, I mean, actually, like I tried to go to a dance once. Uh, <laughs> this is like early trauma for me. And I tried to go to a dance once and was like the nerdy wallflower kid who had never been to a dance and nobody liked me. And there was like, this is the age, there was a freak train. Um, and I like mustered the nerve to like go like try to fit my way into the freak train. Oh and god! The person was like, was like, no, you just have to leave. Uh uh, honky. Someone, like, like someone that? actually just said like, no, there wasn't even a hon no honky. It was like nerd. Oh um, yeah yeah yeah. Goodbye. It well, was like you a call it a freak train. We're like we're doing the freak train, aren't we? Like that was you know. That was your uh, first mistake. But wait, yeah. Nato, before we go any further, and yeah. before we bring on our next comic, you actually are kind of cool this week. Your midlife crisis is going really well for you because uh, a bit of yours from the Whiteness album, one of your albums, made it on the TikTok, and now teens are doing their, basically lip-syncing to your bits. Yeah, uh, so I, uh, the Funnier Die posted a, uh, excerpt from the whiteness album on TikTok 
about Black Lives Matter. And now there's like a dozen young people. I don't even think it's a lot for TikTok. It's what's like exciting for me to see young people acting out my bits. It's very weird. My kids think it's hilarious. Um, and I've like, I'm really determined not to be that like aging comic, like the older man who is it's like, you know, like if, if you actually just like get on TikTok. Yeah. And also like if I go on TikTok, then I'm the creepy old guy on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? no, I, I, so, I, so it's like, I can't even create an account. I like, I can't justify creating an account to go look at it. And I've managed <laughs> to like, just avoid like the waves that, you know, in my time as a comedian, it's been like, everybody get on Periscope. Oh, that's not a thing anymore. Everybody get on Vine. That's a oh, that's not a thing anymore. Like I'm so glad I didn't spend a lot of energy trying to figure out how to become a blogger when every comedian was supposed to be a blogger, right? Uh, and so I'm just sort of ignoring. To... Yeah, I'm you're, you're just, like I'm it's just. It's like when a wave comes and you just duck underneath it, right? And be like, this is not for me. Like I'm, you know. So I let they're it. They're making it about you, but they're making it about me, and it's and it's adorable. Can we? How can we find it? Uh, TikTok, NATO, the, the, the way that they labeled the track is NATO <laughs> oh, well, Green. Did... <laughs> uh, I think it's labeled NATO Green diss track on, on All Lives Matter people or something like that. Oh, I love it. Okay. NATO Green diss track on All Lives Matter. And kids, what's a diss track, by the way? That diss tracks were out when Run DMC came out. Dad, with... dad doesn't know what a diss track is. All right. Well, um, speaking of diss tracks. Oh. You can find it at, on the Funny or Die TikTok channel. Oh, okay, tight, tight, tight. Or Funny or Die TikTok account? channel. NATO is Green channel? track, yeah. which is mostly just making fun of, um, you know, you wearing fedoras and uh, going to Cuba and talking about Cuba all the time. Let's see, that that'd be my NATO Green diss track. I don't wear fedoras. Mm, let's talk about. Let, let's talk about it later. <laughs> I wear I wear I wear legitimate dad hats. Okay, fine. Then the elbow patches. We're moving on. Yeah. Um. Well, because NATO and I, we just uh, we just needed something to spice it everything up, especially this first part of the, the show. Um. Although I think TikTok has helped us with that. Uh. No, I wanted to bring on a, a guest comic, um, here into the habituation room to to do our first couple segments. Uh, this comic is based here in Los Angeles, where I am currently sweating my tits off. Uh, he is a stand-up comic. He is a writer. He's an actor. He was a creative consultant on the Comedy Central's digital series, How to Be Broke. And he was recently in the film $16,000, a short by Simone Baptiste about reparations. So funny. I was also in it, not to brag. Um and he and it won a bunch of awards. It's like making the rounds. It's too bad that there's a pandemic because it, you know, I'm sure he'd be there. But please welcome to the Bituation Room, Mr. Brody Reed. Hey guys, what's up? Um, hey Francesca. Hey. Hi. Oh my God, are you are you TikTok's NATO Green? Is... <laughs> oh, Don't wow. kick me when I'm down, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> but anyway, that was a great joke, and the TikTok was great, and you should be embraced by them. You deserve it. Thank you. Um, how's people it going, you guys? Say that I'm not relevant to young people, but it turns out I am. <laughs> Who you don't want to be relevant to young people. You want to be relevant to sad twenty and thirty year olds. In my yes, opinion. my it demographic. Was, yeah, my demographic too. Uh, I'm glad you guys talked about '90s music before I got here because. I can transition right into new metal, <laughs> which is uh, which I am the king of that domain. <laughs> That's Whoa. something I know nothing about. I'm like 
TLC and salt and pepper yeah. and a little Madonna, but like, yeah, the new metal talk about a wave that just, I just ducked under completely. Brody, we start off every bituation room with the segment. What are you bitching about now? And uh, would you do the honors of kicking it off? Yeah. Brody, um, what are you bitching about? You know, this week I'm bitching about these gosh darn cake memes. I'm so tired <laughs> of seeing these fake cakes, they're objects and mm. then they're different objects. Mm. You see it. You see a Dorito bag, and then someone takes a knife to it, and it's a freaking chocolate cake in there. Um, it's. <laughs> I think it's it's interesting to me because um, we are at a point where we have like one of the biggest wealth disparities and like civil unrest situations since we've seen since like the French Revolution, and then a cake has just got to come and steal the spotlight once again. <laughs> Um, let them I, eat cake, I believe, is the line. Yeah, let them eat cake, let them be cake, whatever, guillotine <laughs> the cakes, whatever you got to do. I'm just tired of seeing my feed kind of clogged with it. And some of these cakes, I got to be honest, I'm, I feel like some of them are cheating. I'm, I, I see like taco cakes and I'm like, that's real cheese. That's not frosting cheese. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you're going to do it right, do it right. And, that's what I'm griping about. That's what no, I'm it's, it's a good yeah. gripe. I, I wonder if, if it's, has anyone like cut through like, like, oh, N95 mask. JK, it's America, baby. It's cake. That's that's sheet too dark. Cake. It is. No, it, and it is very like sheet cakey, like in this moment, like we don't know what to do. Sheet cake, sheet cake, you know, like everything really is that. not what it appears. Yeah. You know what? You know what cures podcast. coronavirus is uh, diabetes. Actually, will cancel out the COVID. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be That's nice actually not a bad idea. Send in some other. Yeah. Send in something else. Right. I mean, you might get your foot chopped off either way. So. <laughs> yeah. I was. Uh, I was about to. I was about to make that joke that you can't get COVID in your feet if they're amputated. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Ella Fitzgerald. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah. The cakes. <laughs> I got it. It's good to be here. Um, those those yeah, look You, you mentioned good. a bunch of awards that we won uh, this year, and it's been really surreal. I've been trying to, like, um, I, I was really excited to go to a bunch of uh, festivals this year go to, like, Atlanta, go to, like, New York, go to, like, Canada. And we haven't been able to do any of them. We've, like, live streamed a couple of them. And um, it's been really cool to see people react to um, this short about reparations that we wrote and um, to see people laugh at it, uh, an idea we were so sure, un so unsure about last year, but really passionate about. Um, so that's been cool. And I think we're showing it like we're live streaming it. Um, I think there's maybe one, one or two more live streams coming up. You can find that on the Instagram, but like, I'm excited. I, I would be very excited to just get it out in the open so people could see it. Yeah. Um, Especially yeah, for, there's so much to talk about. With 16K them. film on Instagram. Follow them for viewings. Um, Nato Green, what are you bitching about? Well, so before I say, so I recently, Brody, I was telling my kids uh, about, we, we were talking about reparations mm -hmm. and, and about 40 acres and a mule. I think I might have talked about this on the on the show before. You did. And, and one of my kids was like, did America not give black people 40 acres and a mule because there weren't enough mules to go around for all the black people? And we're like, oh, no, no, honey. It's not, wasn't a mule shortage. Um, no, I don't want a mule anymore. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to say that on behalf of most black people. Too much upkeep. We don't really mm -hmm. have a place to keep it. Um, how, how would you feel about a Sonata instead? 
Yeah, a Sonata, exactly. is, is that a car? It's yeah. a car. It's a um, Hyundai. Is it? A, oh, it's a Hyundai? Um, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I could trick it out, maybe. <laughs> is it a so, <laughs> trick it out? Hell yeah. Uh, Nato, Nato, tell us what you're bitching about. What I'm bitching about is things that you loved as a child, uh, revisiting them for the first time and discovering that they've become problematic in the last oh. uh, 30 years. They don't hold so, so when I was in elementary school, I was, this is again, putting my all my nerd loser cards on the table for the Vituation Room fans. Uh, I'm a nerd loser. I, I relate. I, I was I was a big fan of the ElfQuest comic book series. Oh, um, you're like a nerd loser. <laughs> yeah, ElfQuest. <laughs> uh, I think that's so, a that's dweeb territory, Nato. Yeah, what's that? So ElfQuest was an independently published comic, so it wasn't part of the DC or Marvel universe. It was this married couple, Wendy and Richard Penny, wrote and illustrated this comic book series that came out. Um, from the late 70s into the early to mid 80s. And it was like a big, like we were so into it as elementary school. Uh, and uh, it, it um, and like my after school program, like everybody, we all, you know, we're like, I'm this character from ElfQuest. I'm that character. Sure. I was, of course, assigned the, the role. The cool kids were playing that. <laughs> I was assigned the role of Tree Stump, which was the old grumpy elf. Uh, so I was like typecast. They knew your brand. At, at, yeah, <laughs> I hit I hit my brand at about about first grade. So and then just wrote it out uh, since then. So and anyway, so but I haven't looked at it in a long time. My you know the main memory is that um, uh, there's like an elf orgy sequence. Oh, um, the the comic Keith Lowell Jensen's uh, he had an album where he like had himself drawn into the uh, elf orgy sequence on the album oh. cover. Um, so the, um, but I, like for, for the kid's birthday last week, we gave them like the bound edition of Elf Quest. And so I was like, let me just reread this for nostalgia's sake. So I picked it up and I started, I started uh, reading it and, um, uh, and it opens like right out of the gate with a major consent problem, which oh. is, the the couple the that be, go on to become like the hu husband and wife who lead the elves to freedom mm -hmm. uh they their first encounter begins with the man like seeing the woman coveting her immediately and then grabbing her and abducting her and carrying her off into the mountains and then they discover true love oh, uh, after he like drags her away uh uh, uh against her will and 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 if it, at the time it's supposed to be like it's destiny they just knew but now you're like yikes there was not even like a hey but would how you do you like know unless there's no other options i mean that's how most love works so in, it really they're just cutting to the chase you know it's like you mostly choose the person you're going to be with cuz like there's no one else and they're and, there and because they've like and they've kidnapped you and, and they've, and they've, and they've had it again you can't leave and then you fall in love. But yeah. to yeah. be fair, Nato, that's like the way that most Bond films still are written. Yeah. Like, wait a sure. minute. Why are you in the shower with her? Weren't you guys? <laughs> didn't you just meet? Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, I guess, guess so. <laughs> right. Uh, this is why yeah. men feel like they don't have to seduce, dude. Because it's like, no, yeah. now it's shower time. Shower. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, I, even if I, you I, are in a couple. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, I yeah I I have a related gripe against like the tr the movie trope of like that you see in a lot of films of like we had sex once and then we discovered true love. Hell yeah, yeah. is all that like? That's how I and like. Then, it. then I just knew. 
<laughs> um, uh, Francesca, what are you bitching about? Oh my god, you were asking. Uh, <laughs> god damn it, I was gonna bitch about the beach, but I was like, nah, too basic. Um, because like, fuck that noise. No, look, we're still in a pandemic and i'm so mad looking at the graphs of how the rest of the world is done and how the united states is done specifically when compared to eu countries i have an eu passport i don't know why the fuck i decided to stay here knowing who is in charge knowing what we have not accomplished knowing how corrupt the everyone is like why would i ever have doubted yeah my, i would have missed my mom Maybe, but like I got a bunch of Italian relatives and I could have chilled with them. And like they like, yes, they had a spike, but it's way better now. And yet I want to be under lockdown with like, you know, endless kinds and types of pasta. Yeah, you could be eating grapes on a villa right now. Bruh, I'm saying like this is there's no one on the Amalfi Coast. I need to be there. I'll set up a little make a little shack. What the point is, is. I can't, I'm mad. I'm mad and I think everyone has a right to be just like, do we still have to do this? Like, can we stop sheltering? I get it. Like, I get why people are pissed about that. I am too. But the fucking problem is Florida and California. Yeah. But like 15,000 new cases in a day. Uh, California's got 10,000 average a day. Like, oh my God. Like the, re you know, I'm just saying like where, I just should have foreseen the re like the American refugee crisis and just like got in while the going was good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to Italy specifically is where I mean. And that would have been weird. It would have been like walking right into, you know, the eye of the storm. But at this point. We are at the eye of the storm. We, we are there. We're, we're the storm. Yeah. I'm so mad. In the eye of the hurricane. There it's it quiet. Quiet. Number 19. <laughs> Sorry, Nato and I. Wow. Two, two hey guys, Hamilton leads. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Someone please put Hamilton lyrics to some new metal. Um, all right, Brody. We're going to just jump into the week. We already touched a little bit about, about COVID, touched on COVID. Let's do it. So this is our segment called The Week Where. Just so you know, it's Sunday, July 12th. If you're listening after, that's fine. It doesn't matter. Days and times are not important. Names are not important. Um, but if you had the privilege of being under your covers and not on social media at all, you will have missed all this news. And so let's just give a little roundup. This was The Week Where. Trump the president, uh, President Trump threatened to withhold federal funds from schools if they don't reopen in the fall. Uh, the order is part of a new Department of Education initiative called No Child Left. Uh, look, Francesca, obviously Trump doesn't care about what happens in schools. He doesn't even believe in education. He just oh. wants to keep schools open to house children so parents can go to work to generate profits because companies don't want to pay people to stay home and take care of their children. And then if people don't work, they can't pay rent. And then their landlords default on the mortgage. And also people don't work because there's no profit sloshing through the economy. Uh, and then they're not spending money on junk because, quote, I work hard and I deserve a treat. Or, quote, I haven't been with my children, so let me buy them some shit to make up for it. And then if everyone keeps that up, the, the entire economy collapses. Who even needs school? This is the greatest lesson of all time. Listen, kids, 
General strikes are possible. All of <laughs> capitalism is a delicate house of cards made by a bull in a china shop. You are not an individual. All life on earth is interconnected. Now go have recess forever. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> I just I mean, saw a video of, uh, I think Katie Kirk was uh, interviewing Betsy DeVos about the plan for um, reopening schools. And her plan was that there was no plan. Um, I think her plan was basically that students should be spread out in classrooms. Um, they they don't know what they're doing. Uh, it's all going to collapse like a house. Bad idea. Uh, what was that last part, Brody? Is it, it's going to collapse like assholes? And I was like, very curious. It's the last part. <laughs> oh, I, I said house of cards. Did my connection go bad? Sometimes it my connection is dirty. <laughs> Asshole house of cards. Um, honestly, they're they're like it. Really, it is straight up just like well the public schools will fold and uh you know we replace them all with private and charter schools and that's the point right anyone anyone still left no no everyone's dead cool um this was also the week where where am i finding my place this is the week where the ceo of the latin food brand goya praised trump spurring a boycott of the brand brand and a defense of it with the hashtag buy goya which means MAGA chuds right now are stockpiling food. They have no idea what to do with it. Like, like a rapa, I barely even know her. That's that's a bad joke. That's you anyway. But I also feel like maybe this is like reverse engineering. Like maybe he's doing it on purpose because like maybe the key to like maybe the anti-racist solution is to like eat food with flavor and like then the bigotry will fall away. I, I've got to only imagine. Like I'm thinking you know, wishful thinking here. Like like the cumin can end white supremacy? <laughs> yes. Also begin it. Also, I feel yeah. like spice has got us into this whole mess. You know what I mean? Colonialism. Yeah. Like, Sure. I'm just going to steer clear of beans until this whole mess gets uh, taken care of, I think. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Ted, Cruz, uh, Ted Cruz tweeted out, Goya is a staple of Cuban food. My grandparents ate Goya black beans twice a day for nearly 90 years. 90, and now years. The, 90 years. And now the left is trying to cancel Hispanic culture and silence free speech. Now, first of all, that's not true. There are no... Uh, but also, it shouldn't be a surprise that Goya CEO uh, Bob Unanue is nonchalant about the suffering and exploitation of people from Latin America, given that the Unanue family that owns Goya beans are not Latin American, they're fucking Spaniards. Mm. Of course they are, as the Spanish say, colonialists. Uh, uh, that's what happens when you're fast and loose about the word Hispanic, is that you can't yeah. tell the difference between aristocrats from Spain and migrants from Honduras. Pretty shocking the Spanish con continue their undefeated sixth century record of colonization of Latin America. <laughs> Here's a clue that Goya is not actually the cuisine of Latin America. It's named Goya after the 18th century romantic era Spanish painter. Uh, instead, try my uh, the, the new line of canned beans from Latin America called Frida's. They're good fiber for the bisexual communist in your life. <laughs> Ooh. I think Goya's also only been around for like 40 or 50 years. So the fact that his uh, grandpa was eating them for 90 is just a straight up lie. Who would have thought Ted Cruz liar? I wouldn't have. I'm shocked. I thought he changed after the, you know, he grew facial hair. 
I, as a Simpsons fan, I thought, you know, I thought, the, I thought better of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was also the week where the Supreme Court ruled that half of Oklahoma is Indian, actually an Indian reservation, uh, which has implications for the jurisdiction of tribal law. Uh, honestly, the ruling makes sense to me because let's be real. Most of the country is Indian territory. See, because the United States answers the question, how cursed would a country be if it were built on top of one giant Indian burial ground? Turns out a really cursed. <laughs> Turns cursed. out. <laughs> oh Remember the shaman that warned that if you built a country on an Indian burial ground, someday you would have a, a, uh, a loser rapist, uh, uh, landlord as president. <laughs> um, so the court, uh, the court ruling uh, specifically found that the Cherokee, Chickasaw, Seminole people and others who were forcibly moved in the creek to Oklahoma on the Trail of Cheer Tears still re retain their sovereignty that they were given when they were moved in 1866, even though we all know that the Congress of 1866 clearly knew that what they meant when they said we're giving you this land is we are definitely lying. Um, uh, and true to the history of genocide of Native people, the road to the decision itself was its own trail of tears because the case that gave rise to this decision was about uh, a great, that was a significant win for indigenous land rights, uh, came about because of a man sentenced to 500 years in prison for child molesting because he believed that his child molesting should have been at a federal crime and not just a state crime. Hmm. He wanted to level up his child molesting and the decision was written by Trump appointee Justice Neil Gorsuch, who wrote in the ruling, the Trump administration hates Native Americans but loves child molesters. Makes sense. <laughs> what, like, so, because 500 years was tribal law, which is like, damn, damn. Because when I saw that, I was like, 500 year sentences. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, they're, you know, he's there. He's like, I remember Roy Moore. You're like, yeah, but yeah, but he's white. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, all right. This was also the week where, in addition to the pr president of Brazil, Bolsonaro, uh, testing positive for COVID, Bolivia's interim president tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, maybe it's payback for helping stage the country's 2019 coup, or as they call it, the COVID-19. I think you should write that punchline out. <laughs> I know. Solid. That is a solid ass joke, man. Fuck both of you for not like I laugh. Okay, when I was born as a as a female ch child, they were like, "Listen, little girl, you must laugh at every man's joke forever and ever and ever and ever, even though you are also the one to tell jokes." And I was like, "Okay, what if it's not funny? You must laugh anyway. It's the ego. It is the way of life here on this on this planet in this lifetime." What if they don't return the favor? That doesn't matter. Wow, did that really happen? Yes. Wow. Every, every I woman. Did, I had no idea. I am going to reassess every bit of misogyny that I have. <laughs> all right, uh, y'all better laugh. Okay. I am all for uh, evil people getting really sick. I think that's great. Um, people are praising Trump right now because he started wearing a mask this week. They, uh, after weeks and weeks and weeks of not wearing a mask, um, after having blood on his hands, saying that he looks masculine. Um, and I, I'm sad that he's wearing a mask now because I'm really hoping that he gets really deathly sick. <laughs> I feel like he touches his face enough 
and yeah. doesn't and definitely doesn't wash his hands enough to that i mean Just it'll happen <laughs> yeah the little yeah a little bit it only he only needs to sing like one round of happy birthday instead of two <laughs> nato are we moving on we can move on all right <laughs> finally this was the week where the supreme court because they're like in session or whatevs uh also ruled that <laughs> they're like working uh, rule that employers could opt out of covering their employees' reproductive health as part of their health insurance, as part of their right, uh, which means that, once again, places like Hobby Lobby can keep denying their workers reproductive coverage. And I don't get that. Like, childless women are the bedrock of craft stores, honestly. Cat moms and dog, uh, cat and dog moms and, mm -hmm. like, cosplayers, those are the only people that shopping in your goddamn store. Mm -hmm. But like, I also get it, you know, because like, there's only so many women you can watch crocheting yet another costume for Meowloween before you're like, honey, you just need a baby. <laughs> um, yeah, this is just more proof that we need to uh, distance healthcare from um, employers. You know, it shouldn't be. It, it, it's that simple and we just keep messing it up. And um, now once again, people are trying to tell women what to do with their bodies. Uh, and I'm, I'm against it. I'll, I'll tell you that much. And I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, obviously birth, birth control is a right and everyone should have access to it whenever they want for any reason. I believe that women should have right to terminate the pregnancy up to whatever the trimester is where you go to work for a hedge fund. Um, <laughs> And so, but the decision allows, overturns an Obama era rule mm. in the Affordable Care Act that requires health plans to provide free birth control. And so for religious reasons, you can decide that your religion doesn't allow you to provide free birth control to your employees, but does allow you to charge for it because you want birth control companies to make as much money as possible. Uh, that's very typical of Christians to be like, this moral abomination better make me rich. <laughs> and that was a week where... Woo, 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 woo. Um, thank Perfect. you. <laughs> Brody Reed, thank you so much for being on uh, the first half of the Bituation Room here. Thanks for having me, you guys. Um, it's great to see both of you. I hope, um, you know, uh, you're both on TikTok this week. Um, if not, <laughs> I'll make a TikTok for you. I'll make a TikTok for you to just to do your stuff if you want. Are you at IO Brobo or AO Brobo on uh, TikTok as well? Uh, I am not on TikTok, actually. <laughs> I will never be on TikTok. <gasps> but I am on Twitter and Instagram sometimes. Yeah, I'm at AO Brobro. Um, you can, you know, check out that short $16,000 that I talked about yeah. and, um, every Friday, um, or at least every Friday that we can, uh, my friend Grace Thomas and I are doing this, um, you know, zoom comedy show called abolish comedy where we like to donate, um, to places that deserve it and make you laugh hopefully for an hour or so. Hell uh, yeah. Where can we watch yeah, that? You guys there. Um, we'll advertise it on Instagram and then it'll be on Twitch. Abolish okay. Comedy. Yeah. Cool. Abolish Comedy. I think I support that. It sounds like the beginning of something I support, but then it's a thing I like, so I don't you know do. how I feel. You can't <laughs> reform comedy. It's too, it's too late. It's, it can't be done. 
dude, I don't know. I was on some shitty Zoom show recently and I was like, yes, abolish comedy. Like, really? <laughs> we're, we're taking open mic material to Zoom? <laughs> Fuck all this. Um, all right, Brody Reed, thank you so much for being here. Bye, Everyone guys. follow Brody. And thank you all for your comments. I just want to shout out a couple of people who've been bitching about things. Um, DJ Rezeo or Direzeo, if it's Italian. <laughs> on Facebook is bitching that our show is only once a week. I know it's sad, but we did do a bonus episode on Wednesday with Matt Lieb. Listen to that one. Uh, Daniel on Facebook is also bitching about all of the billionaires benefiting from PPP program. They're job creators. No, me too. Me too. For sure. Me too's. Um, fuck that noise guys. Speaking of, uh, donations. I'm like, where, when do we talk about donations? Brody Reed was talking about donations. You can donate to the Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund, which helps uh, people in Mississippi get access to abortion, uh, don't have to go through Hobby Lobby or their employer. Donate TBR-Live on Venmo, TBR-Live on Cash App. And that helps this show. That helps us. That helps our dope producer, Becca Roofer, who's waiting in the wings going like, read these comments. And I'm like, no. And she's like, do it. And I'm like, fine. So donate. Yeah, do that. Um, but for the main sitch, we've got such a great interview coming up. Um, let me introduce her. She uh, played a very big role in the fight against the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, she is currently a candidate for State Senate in California, District 11, endorsed by mm. the CA Teachers Association, the DSA, the SF Tenants Union. Uh, she was in the Maroon 5 Girls Like You video, no big deal, with J-Lo and uh, Ellen DeGeneres, who we don't know if we like, but J-Lo, you know. Um, she's a fierce uh, indigenous Latina activist turned candidate. Please welcome Jackie Fielder. Hello. Thanks for having me. Why do you want to be in the state Senate? Jackie Fielder, you're an activist. You come from awesome uh, movement organizations. Are you saying that it's easier to run for state Senate than be an organizer? <laughs> less painful? Oh, man, no. It's, it's one of the most uncomfortable things I've had to do. I'm used to being behind the scenes. I'm used to, you know, moving policy and doing presentations and just, you know, talking to people about things that we deserve, which I guess I do now still. But this particular race is important because California politics is ripe for really bold change, if not a revolution. We have, uh, in this district, we're represented by the most real estate-backed politician in the California legislature. And so at the same time, we're at this point experiencing a lot of anxiety around evictions, which we have already been experiencing for decades now, mm -hmm. and homelessness, uh, as well as police violence and, you know, uh, protections for workers. And so California, you know, my home state and San Francisco being the place, the only place that has felt like home for me as a queer young person who is an organizer, um, it's felt like we've just had enough and our city has had our district has had so many, so many successes in the, the field of politics. And I think it's time to at least try to bring this wave of momentum of grassroots 
organizing uh, and and hopefully get someone in the state legislature who represents people and not corporations. Have you ever been to the state capitol? It's fucking horrible. Um, it's like the I've, I've spent some time in I've been to some hearings right? in the state capitol in Sacramento, and I have this theory that um, that how bad your bo is is directly proportional to how expensive your suit is um, because there's like these, these very expensive lobbyists who spend all their time in this building that has no natural ventilation under like fluorescent lights. And they just spend their time working the halls and bribing politicians. And it's fucking gross. Um, and then, and then everybody smells bad. Uh, it's, it gives me the, it's, on it's the like, it's, it, yeah, it gets in the carpet. Like it takes a while. It gets an audio. Why do you want to be there, Jack? Why do you want to be there? It well, is, no. such a, I, I have been there last year. We were pushing for a statewide bill to allow for public banks. So basically banks owned by the government instead of Wall Street banks uh, successfully passed that. But we spent a lot of time in the Capitol uh, last summer. And yeah, it's swarming with lobbyists. It's it's legalized corruption. There are mm -hmm. for this particular race, anyone individual or company can contribute forty seven hundred dollars. I can't remember the last time I had that in my bank account. And so um, it's all about representing the people. Like my organizer friends and just my other friends in the city have had such a hard time hanging on for dear life that I, I feel like we're at a really important part in our in our district's history where we can actually do something really big, but only yeah. if we put ourselves out there. And, and just to clarify, District 11 is parts of San Francisco and the San Mateo County, so surrounding area for people who aren't familiar um yeah and it's all of san francisco daily city coma and like a corner of south san francisco sweet um i want to talk about your origin story a little bit because this is by no means your first foray into politics and you really you were bit by a radioactive bank <laughs> yes and that is what the turned your you superpowers yeah how, how was that? No, uh, what uh, specifically about, uh, you know, DAPL and the Dakota Access Pipeline and your work around that, the fact that what got you into the Maroon 5 video? Oh, my God. No, that's not important. But it is. But I did watch it and it was cool. Um, you you played a big role there. Tell me about that. And also how you're feeling now that a judge is ordered for it, it to be shut down. Yeah. So back in 2016, I was fresh out of college and I saw my relatives literally staring down the barrel of guns. I uh, saw this happening on my newsfeed. I went to Standing Rock to check it out and, you know, send some donations. This is actually my uh, part of my ancestral territories. I'm Lakota and Hidatsa on my father's side. And so uh, a lot of my up upbringing and adult life has been rediscovering uh, those histories. And in 2016, it was just so clear this was the largest pan-Indian gathering in decades. Wow. And people mobilized by the dozens of thousands on this one particular piece of land to protest peacefully this pipeline that was going through our ancestral territories. And so I, I saw my role really as looking at the flow of money and seeing how that traces back to us here in one of the biggest financial capitals in the world, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And our $13 billion budget 
is handled by all these Wall Street banks, who then in turn invest in things like the pipeline, the prisons, and weapons manufacturing, all this nasty stuff, when instead we could be investing stuff that we actually need, like affordable housing, renewable energy, if only we had our own bank. And so fast forward to now, and we saw the decision this past week that the pipeline uh, company needs to submit another environmental impact statement. And so they have a year to do that. But in the meantime, it's going to be shut off. And I'm super ecstatic because they're going to lose $2 billion on this. And this will always be a fight, I feel, for, for this particular pipeline, but also other pipelines. I know Keystone also got held back for a significant amount of time, but it's really exciting. I love when we finally get to, you know, haunt uh, our own lands again, as, as <laughs> we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I know. It's always, but it's always like, yay, get excited for a little bit. A tenuous <laughs> right. win. We're talking about Native Americans. Something sad is about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but that's such an interesting point that you're saying that instead of, that basically you're following the money and saying, look, this is truly a question of reallocating resources and, and smart investment. So your work with Dapple then propelled you into the public bank. So essentially, all of our taxes are reinvested in like dirty oil companies rather than things that are good for. It's basically like I re- I took my money out of Citibank and put it into the SF Fire Credit Union. I also used to live in SF. And that's what we want. That's what you want the state to do on a statewide level or what we, you want us to do on a statewide level. Absolutely. Uh, public deposits account for something like 10% of all Wall Street deposits. You know, in, in a sense, it's a drop in the bucket. But uh, there is a public bank that already exists, ironically, in North Dakota. It's called the Bank of North Dakota. And they have a that's clever of- name. I bet I bet it took North Dakota a long time to be like, what should we call this bank? <laughs> the Northern Dakota Bank? No, no, no. In the, in the progressive state Slow of down. Dakota. Yeah. You know? Right. Uh, and it and it actually functions. Yeah, and it and it's it survived like no other bank through the 2008 recession, uh, even right now, like they're helping their businesses and, and other customers uh, get PPP loans. Um, and we that could be us, but we're playing. Mm-hmm. So tell me about, sorry, Nito, you want to ask a question? Uh, well, I was going to uh, say, so, uh, Madame, <laughs> see, we, Una Pregunta, what's happening? Um, so, uh, Jackie, Daniel on, on Facebook is asking if you have advice for people going from social movements to electoral work. Like, like on the left, there's sort of sometimes people get very like the whole electoral system is corrupt and any any involvement in it compromises you fundamentally and all power corrupts and, and that kind of stuff. Like, how do you think about participating in the in the electoral system from a movement perspective? What looks different about that? Yeah, and I I definitely was in that funk for uh, for a lot of the past couple of years, especially after the Dakota Access Pipeline, um, especially seeing a lot of wealth inequality in our district just kind of got disillusioned. But uh, electoral organizing, I see it as like, I'm such a millennial, but like, you know how you have to save a Word document and make sure that you saved all your changes? I feel like that's what electoral politics is. It's saving the changes that organizers are really responsible for making. And oh. even right now, like my job as a candidate is really to amplify 
all that is coming up, especially around defunding the police or like calling for justice for Sean Monterosa here in this district and like just using the platform to secure as many gains for the the movements that we're a part of as possible. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I see it as like, I think Bernie spoke to this pretty well as being like an organizer in chief, but really just kind of being, um, you know, a shill for the people. Click that save as button. Yeah. Rename the file, move it to a different folder. (laughs) Clippy wants you to save it. You're like the Clippy of American politics. I love it. Uh, Also, that's great that you're, you're not, Look, look, I, I like to think of myself as, as a strategic leftist, and I like that you're bringing Bernie's name back into this. You're not a lefty who was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> he, he endorsed Biden. Oh, no, oh, fuck him. I'm, I'm, the reason I'm a socialist is because of Bernie, but fuck him. <laughs> Sorry, I don't that, – that genre of lefty, I can't stand. Just going to put that out there. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you about your opponent – his name is Scott Weiner. Tell me everything you know about him. Why do we hate him? <laughs> well, hate is a strong word. I think he's a good example of uh, your kind of corporate Democrat establishment politician, you know, who has built an entire career starting with uh, being on the local Democratic Party and then moving on to our Board of Supervisors, which is our equivalent of a city council, um, has built an entire career of siding with the police, uh, advocating for police response to homelessness instead of actual solutions for permanently affordable housing, uh, doesn't really care for, you know, progressive taxation, is pretty much for uh, a lot of policies around deregulating housing planning, and that has significant impacts for communities that have especially faced displacement, um, and has sided with the real estate industry, with obviously police unions, but so many uh, special interests in this city, mm-hmm. um, except at the state level is considered a progressive, um, which says more about this, the level of politics in the capital itself rather than you know the usual standards that we use. And so he's accepted the most money out of any politician in the California legislature uh, from real estate industries. And I actually challenged him last month to donate the more than $72,000 that he has received from law enforcement unions since 2015. Uh, I took a pledge at the very day one that I was not going to accept those donations. Um, not that they would ever want to align with me, but to make clear that, that we need real police accountability, which is not going to be brought on by having a relationship with the law enforcement associations. And he conceded somewhat. He donated about a third of what he's received from the unions since then, but, you know, won't support defund the police as of yet. The rest of it has gone to, you know, BO absorbing suits. Honestly, they are pricey and let's, let's have some empathy, but that's pretty good. I mean, that shows something, the fact that he's, you know, even conceded that much. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm an insurgent candidate and we're running a grassroots campaign. He's already at this point got something like two and a half million dollars in the bank. We just celebrated a huge milestone by passing like three hundred seventy five thousand dollars. So it's it's a total David and Goliath situation. So, yeah, the fact that he is uh, conceding these points, which 
are are just so clear now with George Floyd protests and the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, but have been obvious to so many people in our district. And even two years ago, he was signing with the police union on his dangerous use of force policy. And I actually organized a campaign against that and we won. Uh, he's been on the, the other side of a lot of voters in our city around candidates and ballot measures. So he knows you. <laughs> he's seen you around. Totally. And he actually stalks my Instagram stories, which is. <laughs> oh, he's like an ex. I love it. <laughs> so can, can I ask like the, 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 you know, as you, as you said, in the context of California state level politics, he's considered a progressive, which as you say, like, you know, because, because California is such a blue state, like the politics of the state are like, basically the Republicans are irrelevant and it's a, struggle on some level within among people who identify as Democrats and California state politics hasn't really seen like a, you know, a DSA Julia Salazar type candidate or what, what's that, what's that dude? Lee Carter breakthrough. Um, why do you, why do you think that is? What do you think about that? It is about California that's made it difficult for like a real left-wing candidate to break through within the democratic party. Oh, fire. <laughs> That's one thing. I'm just gonna say fire. Our shit keeps burning down all the time. Burning. Sorry, Jackie, go ahead. No, exactly. I mean, uh, we the last time we had kind of a socialist, you know, populist movement was with Upton Sinclair. This is what I learned during quarantine uh, in the early 1930s, and he was a candidate for governor. But you know, since then we haven't we haven't really seen a lot of that. But I think it's because it is so dang expensive to run a campaign. Um, a lot of the the candidates that get into Sacramento um, are in are in places that you know you can't really run without a lot of money, and that allows room for the real estate lobby, corporations, big tech to buy off a lot of candidates. And so you can be good about maybe one thing, but all the other things, it's just like pick one, and that's probably what you're the most progressive on, but otherwise, I mean, there's so much, there is so much money here. Right. So it's like, it's, are you, I mean, I'm not saying it's easier to run a progressive campaign somewhere else, you know, uh, or like, you know, be the mayor of a small town in Indiana, but it is a lot harder to shift one, you know, what the sixth biggest economy in the world or whatever the hell we are. Exactly. And, and they're probably, you know, thousands of amazing potential candidates, but the wealth inequality here is so stark too, where we have 175 billionaires in the whole state, but we also rival Florida and Louisiana for having the highest poverty rate in the nation. Damn. It's, it's just a grind to, to keep your head above water here. And so I feel like, um, you know, getting into politics is also, uh, it's only just getting traction, I think, in the past few years among at least my generation. But I, I feel hopeful. There's a lot of there's a lot of excited people for our campaign who have never volunteered for a campaign, never never made a phone call to a voter. We have more than 900 volunteers on our list that we can call up at any point. And so we're definitely growing something really important. I, for one, am really dedicated to seeing a, a change of guard in the California legislature. Jackie, what is your generation vis-a-vis -vis Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill? <laughs> I uh, was born in 94. Oh, God damn it. And so... <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah. So when around when it came out. So I'm like, I'm not yet old enough to like fully enjoy TikTok, but uh, you mean yeah. young enough? I am young enough to scroll and to like mm. learn, not to exactly make the videos. That's that's my little sister who's 14. But. <laughs> you're you're the I'm gonna get roped into some sort of choreography. Yeah, so, exactly. So Francesca, what Jackie's saying is that she thinks of Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill as like her mom's generation music. Yeah. You live, you learn, you're old, your eggs, they're dying now. All right, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Uh, you know you know what, by the way, so we we, we, we sang, uh, we butchered a couple bars from Hamilton earlier. We did. And a- after that happened, one of my children walked into the room and passed me a post-it note that said, never do that again. <laughs> um jackie uh let's say you get to the state senate um what do you what's what's your issue what's the thing you go in guns blazing with what's the other thing you capitulate on i'm just kidding about the second part but just like what's uh what's what's your signature piece of legislation yeah, um, I should have addressed this way earlier, but uh, California State Senate makes laws that are, I think, a lot more in direct relationship to our daily lives. And so uh, universal rent control and like a, a universal right to counsel for anyone facing eviction would be such a huge deal right now, especially yeah. with coronavirus, when we're facing a wave of evictions and potentially foreclosures. I would love to see relief, especially for uh, you know, homeowners and landlords who are not, we're not trying to get gobbled up by Wall Street again. Um, I'd also like to see, you know, a lot more uh, stricter use of force for police, as well as a, a larger defunding of our correction system in favor of social programs, of public education, of mental health, and housing. It's a big one. I want a hundred billion dollar housing emergency fund, tax the billionaires, house the poor. It's really that simple. Hell yeah. Love it. Um, Jackie, how can people get involved and find out more about your campaign? Uh, Jackieforsenate.com. F-O-R-J-A-C-K-I-E-F-O-R Senate.com. Not the, not the number four. F-O-R. <laughs> yeah. That's, you revealed your age right there. Because if you were 14, be like, Bo. Whatever. All right, Jackie for Senate. We'll, uh, there it is. If you're if you're watching, get involved. Find out more about her. My God, you've done so much in such little time. I don't mean to sound condescending, but holy shit, you are uh, you're amazing. So congratulations on all this, and thank you for being here. And I don't want to let you go because we have one more segment. You're, Jackie, you're an inspiration to the youth who are yourself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God, if. <laughs> If only I still had hope left in my heart. I mean, really, no. Uh, no, hell yeah. Uh, we, God. Yes, go to Sacramento. Be be that lady bird. Be that, flex, flex them wings in Sacramento. Okay, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm in a mood. Uh, we have one more segment, you guys. This is a tradition here on the Bituation Room. Uh, it is called The First Time We've Ever Done This Segment. And... Because, bring, 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 
because uh, the president continues to um, just pardon everyone who illegally helped him get elected and may or may not have been a go-between with Julian Assange and WikiLeaks and the DNC dump. <laughs> no big deal. I read the Mueller report. Uh, and yes, I do believe it. Uh, Roger Stone. Fuck you, Roger Stone is free. He is, his sentence has been commuted. He walked out of a place he wasn't even being held in, uh, looking like a, if apartheid had won in South Africa, just like Nelson Mandela, but white and not at all Mandela, but for the apartheid regime. Um, <laughs> and, and he looked like, he looked like someone who in an earlier era of the British empire would have been a viceroy of something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When he had a shirt on that said, like, Viceroy, do no wrong. Uh, Nixon, Nixon, uh, peace signs. Uh, Roger Stone definitely does have a fucking Nixon tattoo on his back. If you guys haven't seen the documentary, get me Roger Stone, watch it. Um, but we decided that we would like to, like we've been doing, spinning Trump's ridiculous actions into our own and decide who we would commute. So this segment is called, Who Do You Commute? Um, we also, runner-up titles for this segment were, um, I Think You're On Commute. Uh, for those of you who've been hanging out on Zoom too much, thank you. That was for Becca and I, producer. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. I don't want to make Jackie go first, but Nato, have you thought about this at all? I have not. Uh, who who would I commute? Um, uh, hmm. Tough, tough. Um, I would commute um, uh, Lauren Hill and her tax bill. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I think it's messed up that Lauren Hill's run afoul of the law. And I'm, you know, I'm ready for a new Lauren Hill tour. And I want her to be free and clear and able to, like, make her own money, you know? Yeah, it says miseducation in the title of the album. Like, yeah, how did she like, know it, she was supposed to file for that income yeah. as well? It didn't say Schedule C of <laughs> of Lauren Hill in the title. <laughs> it didn't say the H&R Block education of Lauren Hill in the title. <laughs> it said miseducation. All right. I, I support that. That's good. Does she not have to serve anything for that though, right? She's just I I thought it was one of those situations where she like oh like I I confess that I haven't followed it super closely. I'm sure people will correct me in the comments, but uh that there was some situation where like she was potentially at risk of having to serve time and mm. because she was like had defaulted on so many things. Uh, sound off in the comments about what you know of Lauren Hill's uh, tax status currently. <laughs> um, also, if you know her home address, just put that out there. Uh, Jackie Fielder. Oh, wait, St Steve, Stephen up? Waddy is, is in the comments. <laughs> we have saying, an answer. Saying that I was right about Lauren Hill, and he wants to add Ron Isley uh, and Wesley Snipes, who both also had tax problems. You know, what is it about this country that, like, uh, and Stephen Waddy says she already went to jail? That's what I thought. So it's uh, somehow black people end up getting into trouble it's with funny the how that taxes. Works. Is Weird. that, it's just a coincidence? Maybe they're audited more. <laughs> Who's yeah. the president again? Did, yeah. Oh, by the way, also SCOTUS ruling, 
He's got to show his tax returns. So I think we're probably going to see a picture of his dick. Sorry. That's a, I got a lap. Jackie laughed at my joke. All right, Jackie, what, who would you, who'd you commute? Well, I was going to say Nelly, but I feel like my generation came to his rescue and this was like fall of 2016. Same thing, something with the IRS. And then we just like, streamed hot in here and all of his songs on spotify and i feel like we saved him that he like got to the top of the charts so he doesn't really need a commutation you saved him you guys you and whoever you were 16 or in 2016 which you might have been 16 i don't know <laughs> yeah. nelly hasn't been canceled at this point and i say that in the most loose flip term canceled i know we don't really believe in cancel culture but like Weren't, wasn't one of those songs like non-consensual or problematic? I can't remember, but I just saw him uh, going head to head with Luda on an Instagram live. So did I. I watched the shit out of that. What did you so think? Good. Everyone was there. It was like a reunion. It was so good. Nelly, Nelly just like was not, he was not at Luda's level at all. No. Oh my God. <laughs> Awful. But, but he was, but he was feeling himself like he was. You guys should watch this. He's just like all up in the fucking camera. Like he's like too into himself. And you're just like, okay, it's getting hot in here. No, he's still in 2001. Keep so Nelly doesn't need it. Leonard Peltier. Free all there you political go. prisoners. Yes. Leonard Peltier. Free all political prisoners. Fee all, all political prisoners. I am a three-year-old. Uh, God. <laughs> NATO's kids a few years ago. Fee all pick a pidna. <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, mine are Sacco and Vanzetti. Um, um, the uh, Italian anarchists, because we do it best, uh, who were convicted of murdering a guard and paymaster in 1920, and they were... Uh, killed. But people believe that it was basically anti-immigrant, anti-Italian, anti-anarchist, whatever, political witch hunt kind of thing. And good, good, good friend of mine who is who has since died, uh, Ralph DeGia, who I worked with at the War Resisters League with, uh, my man was born in 11-12-13. I could remember his birthday. It was 11-12 or 12-13-14, one of the two. Uh, very dear to me, whatever his birthday was. Uh, he was an Italian immigrant also to New York, and his fucking family took him, also very left, took him to the hanging of Sacco and Vanzetti when they were killed. And he, like, remembers it, and that, like, stuck in his mind. Ralph went on to um, be a World War II resistor, actually, and, were, and organized to uh, desegregate the stockade because people were separated. Anyway, my man, legend, Sacco and Vanzetti... I pour my canteen of lukewarm water out to you. Mm. And that was Who'd You Commute with Jackie Fielder. Jackie, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, go to her website. Uh, listen, I have no doubt whatever happens in November, which by the way, you're running in the general, right? You, you pass the primary, you're in the general. Explain this quickly to us. We got 33% in the primary after just 50 days of campaigning. So we're off to November. And so for, for the people outside of California, the California primary system is, uh, is it's called a top two primary or a jungle primary. 
keep it classy, yeah. uh, mm. where the top two vote getters, regardless of party, end up going on to the election, into the general election. So uh, instead of like in a heavily Democratic district, you can have uh, some hot Democrat on Democrat action um, Please in don't. November. <laughs> uh, I'd be bribing. I, this is what I meant to say. Oh, Robbie, yeah. 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 Um, uh, so you can have a face off between two Democrats in the primary instead of. A Dem- that's the how blue Democrat. we are. And that's, that's also we why we need like. And that's why. And and whatever happens, I think I think it's clear at this point that in in at least in San Francisco politics, Jackie is going to continue to be a force to be reckoned with. And, Agreed. Uh, and uh, and this is the a subversive current. The last of which has not been heard. Right on. Amen. Jackie, take care of yourself. Everybody, follow her work. Go to her website. Uh, and uh, send money. Send, send money, money. Volunteer. Send over money to the government. Over to the make, government. Make, make a send her send her campaign a guillotine cake. You know whatever works for you. Please don't. Her campaign does not associate with violence. I'm going to step in um, as the PR <laughs> manager. Uh, number two. Yeah. The Jackie Fielder campaign does not condone any violence or guillotining. All right. Guillotine cakes, At though. Not it's yet. A cake. <laughs> not <laughs> yet. JK. Okay. All right. Jackie, take care. Be well. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for watching, for being here, for commenting. Love it. Um, NATO Green, this has been real. Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah, once again. And thank you guys so much for your tips. Please continue to to tip us. It means a lot. It really does. And we're donating a portion to the Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund. I'm trying to scramble for my phone. Uh, I don't hear it buzzing. It's on silent, but I don't. Are you tipping? Are you? Rate this podcast on iTunes. Give it five stars. Nato Green, what do we have? What Plug, plug a thing. Hey, well, uh, I don't know about about TikTok, but I have an album out. It's called The Whiteness Album. You should stream it and download it and buy it or however you enjoy ingest things. I don't know how Mm -hmm. things work. Mm -hmm. Check that out. I was going to say something and I was like, oh, my God, I shouldn't say it because my podcast, you know, but I was like anally is what I was going to say. However you enjoy it too, anally. Um, Yeah, I think I think I think you should enjoy my album in the butt. Enjoy it in the butt. Yeah, yeah, what what in the butt? And that dates me because I am not on TikTok, but I remember what what in the butt. One of the very first viral videos. Don't at me. But if you're going to, it's at Franny Fio. Thank you so much, Nato Green. <laughs> we will see you next time. And for all you guys out there, thank you for listening once again. And remember, don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Bye.